Creativity is not a luxury. I think it's a vital part of a fulfilling life. Welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. On the show, it's my job to tease out the creative solutions my guests are coming up with to change the world through creativity, social action, and mindset. I also give you tips and techniques so you can do the same. This episode is brought to you by my class, Meditation for Busy People, where you'll learn how to relieve stress and discover clarity and joy in just five minutes a day. It's also brought to you by the Brain FM app and this podcast host, Podbean. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram or TikTok and check out our shop for merch, music, and musings. The links are all in the show notes. Hey there, and welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Isolde Trachtenberg. Over the last few weeks, I've been exploring what it means to bring creativity into your life in a substantive way. First week, we were talking about What if you want to transition from a career that is not as creative to a creative career? What are some of the steps you're going to need to take, the critical steps you're going to need to take? Last time, I explored the different ways that you can bring creativity into your day-to-day life. Even if you're not a creative careerist, for example, what are some ways that you can bring that zing, that, that, that spark of innovation into the things that you do every day, into your routine? And I talked about some techniques to make that path easier. And then I gave an example about how to be more creative at work. And that's what this episode is all about, is how do you Increase the amount of creativity, increase the amount of imagination you're allowed and encouraged to use in your day job. Now, here's the thing about that. There's so much Harvard Business Review just had a huge article all about how creative collaboration is the best thing ever, right? They, they, And, you know, I've been trumpeting this for years now, but I'm glad Harvard Business Review is finally coming along for the ride. Uh, but, but it is so important, this notion of being able to sort of get into that space of, I know what let's do, and then going there, going there with your own stuff, but also going there as part of a team or a group. So let's get to it. How do you get to be more creative at work? How do you infuse creativity into work, particularly if your career isn't a traditionally creative one? I get that certain careers are not going to lend themselves well to being particularly creative, like accounting. Uh, You know, (laughs) you can have things on your desk that are creative or creative outlets, but generally accounting is going to have certain rules that you have to follow, but you still sometimes have to be innovative in how you do what you do in the accounting, right? So even if you can't make the work itself, strictly speaking, creative, there are ways that you can inject creative energy into your professional life, even if the nature of the work itself isn't inherently that way. So now I'm going to give you four techniques that will help you infuse your current work with creative energy. First, consider incorporating brainstorming sessions into your routine. Even tasks that seem routine can benefit from fresh perspectives. So gather your coworkers and colleagues, toss around ideas, and you might be really surprised at the innovative solutions that emerge. And and one of the things that I want to say is that when I do creative thinking workshops at companies, I encourage the participants to have a brainstorming session right then. And I mix up the groups so that people sit with people they might not even know, and people who work at different departments entirely end up sitting and working together. 
Someone who doesn't know what you do can bring an entirely new and fresh perspective to what you're doing, and you can help them do what they're doing because you bring that new set of eyes and ideas to their projects. Once I give my secret sauce of instructions on how to do this creatively and effectively, it's a hit every single time. Next, challenge yourself to find new connections between seemingly unrelated concepts. This technique, often known as what they call lateral thinking, can open up new possibilities in just about any field. So look beyond the immediate sort of constraints or rules of your work and explore how ideas from different domains and different paradigms might inspire some of those creative solutions. I applied this approach when working on Breathable, a story of air quality, a video project that I did for NASA. I drew connections from the London smog events of the 1950s all the way to air quality measurements that eighth graders were making at a school in Prince George's County, Maryland. By looking at the events, the data, and the students' reactions to what they learned, I created a compelling video that's been viewed all over the world. One of the other things that I think we need to talk about is breaking routine. Sometimes a change in environment or workflow can stimulate creativity. So you might try changing the order in which you approach your tasks or work in a different space for a day. These small disruptions can breathe new life into your work. In my case, <laughs> I tried and did rearrange my workspace, and I found that it influenced my thought processes in really great ways. So even simple changes can lead to fresh perspectives. And in fact, every few months, I totally rearrange my office. I'll go in and I'll, you know, white tornado the whole thing and get it all all over the place uh, and make it a complete wreck. And then when I reassemble the office, often it is in a completely different arrangement as in where my desk is, where my recording studio is, all of that stuff changes because I want to see things from a fresh perspective, right? I also often go to work at cafes and libraries. So during nice weather, I'll go to a park, but when it's not so nice, I'll be in a library or a coffee shop. And I get that you might not always be able to take off and go work elsewhere, but you might ask and see if it's possible. Also, you might see if you can reserve a conference room and spread your task out along a big table. See if you can look at things differently by looking at them differently. And then last, embrace tech. Technology can enhance our creativity, right? You can explore new software or tools that can streamline your tasks, but also that can provide some innovative and creative solutions. Stay curious about the technological advancement that, that could revolutionize the way you approach your work. So you can incorporate a new project management tool like it did for me. I started using various tools like the Pomodoro technique, and I have different timers that help me, and I'm able to be really productive and creative because I can relax into what I'm doing because I know the timer's got me, right? The timer's going to tell me when it's time to move on so I don't have to concern myself or worry about how long I have to do something or what I'm supposed to be doing right now because the timer's there and once the timer goes ding, then I can move on to the next phase. And that's the way I can do it. It lets me be free and relaxed because... I know that something else, in this case technology, has me. It's got me right in the palm of its hand, and it's going to help me stay on, on track and stay on target. 
okay, I sort of started talking about accounting and how to be creative in traditionally non-creative careers. And I want to spend a little bit more time sort of thinking about how to make your work more creative, regardless of the nature of your job. So first and foremost, I'm going to encourage you to find minutes, instances of what you can call micro-creativity. Even in the middle of your routine tasks, sort of think about exploring alternative approaches or injecting small creative touches into your work. Here's an example. If you're writing reports and you're not constrained by you have to have things in this font and with these margins, and in fact, it's really interesting. I just recently submitted a story for an anthology and they had a lot of rules. The the font had to be Times New Roman. It had to be in 12 point. It had to be double spaced. The margins had to be one inch all around. You had to have two blank lines to the beginning. The Title had to be in all caps. The page number had to be on the top right. There were a lot of rules, and I felt it felt really weird. And I kept thinking, "You're going to screw this up, Isolde. You're going to do something wrong because following those kinds of rules almost always gets me into trouble." I've never been particularly good at following those kinds of instructions. It's it could be that English is my fourth language. It could be just the way my brain works. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but when there's a lengthy list of things you have to do to do something that's actually pretty simple, it makes my head swim. And don't get me wrong, I'm not uh, I'm not pissed off or anything at the people who went, these are the rules. Those are their rules. And I don't have to submit the story. If I don't want to follow those rules, I can just not submit. If I want to submit, I have to follow those rules. Even though for me, that's something that's really, really challenging. Another thing that I find really challenging with my brain is taking notes like in meetings. I had a NASA job a long time ago. And if you're a longtime listener of this show, you've probably heard me talk about this. I I was a contractor doing environmental education, and my NASA boss wanted me, as part of my job, to take notes in meetings. Now, why he did that, uh, I was not an admin. I was uh, a field worker, right? I was out in the field teaching and and working with kids and doing, uh, doing science and environmental science trainings. But he needed a warm body to take notes, and I was the person he decided could do it, and maybe he didn't have funding to to uh, pay for someone who was good at that sort of thing, who specialized in that sort of project management, if you will. Uh, I'm not that person. I can manage projects, but taking notes, it. I, and I told him that. I said, you know, you really don't want me to do this because – Someone else would take a half an hour to do this, to write up the notes for you, to take good notes and to write them up and to get them set up for you. And I have to tell you that, uh, frankly, <laughs> it's going to take me five hours, right? And and that's the problem is that what would take someone else who knows how to do it well and who does it well, about 30 minutes would take me five hours at least. And it would also be incredibly stressful for me because I know I'd forget things. I'd know I'd do things wrong. So uh, it's a constraint that doesn't work for me. And and I ended up leaving NASA in part over that situation. I ended up going, okay, when my contract renewed, uh, I didn't re-up because first of all, it's not the work I wanted to do. And second of all, I'm not good at that work. And I firmly believe like when I'm a boss, when I manage people, I I try to give people the things that they're good at to do or the things that they're curious about to do. Giving someone something that they just suck at, like I suck at taking notes in meetings, 
is not a good idea. It demoralizes the person because they're not good at it. And for me, I was never, I will never be good at taking notes in meetings. I'm just, my brain doesn't work that way. I'm not sure what the salient points are. It makes me wacky in the head. I'm much better if you let me go work with eight-year-olds and give them incredible uh, ideas and understanding of the way the earth works. That's <laughs> that's what I'm good at. I'm, I'm good if you want me to tell stories. I'm good if you want me to stand up in front of 500 people and sing a song. I'm great at all of that. If you want me to take notes in meetings, that's not my strong suit. And this particular manager didn't understand that and or he didn't care. I don't know which. Doesn't matter. The point is that that was not going to get to be a creative thing. And my solution, because he would not budge on it, was to leave. And that is a potential solution when you're in this situation. You can always go, you know what, I need to be more creative than this job is letting me be. I'm going to go to indeed.com or I'm going to network with my friends and other colleagues and see where else I can go, see where I can move laterally or even better move up and have a job that's better suited to what I really want to do. And for me, the creative aspect of education is one of the coolest and most wonderful things. And so when I left my NASA contract, well, I didn't leave my NASA contract, it expired and I didn't re-up. But when I did that, I moved into much more doing what I wanted to do. So even though in the moment it was a little scary because I sort of left and didn't have anything to go to, uh, pretty quickly I was in a place where I was like, yeah, this is this is much better for me. Anyway, so my point is that uh, the same thing with, with putting that story, to go back a minute, the same thing with submitting that story. If I wanted to do the creative part of this, I was going to have to follow the instructions and the constraints that were placed on it so that the people who are reading all of these stories will see the stories the same way, right? That's something that we don't think about very often. It's like, oh, yeah, it's not just me. It's not just my perspective. The perspective of the person on the other side of it has to be taken into account. So these folks, they're they're going to be it's a it's a blind sort of selection process. In other words, they don't know whose story they're reading. They don't know the name of the person who wrote it. They don't know anything about the the person. And so what the organizers of that of the anthology want is they want everything to look the same so that doesn't influence any of the opinions of the people. Like if they have a single space 9-point font uh story that they're trying to slog their way through, it's going to be a lot harder on them. And they may not like the story as much, regardless of how well it's written, if it's tough to read. So they made everything sort of the same. And everybody had to follow these instructions so that none of that would be a factor or an issue, or at least this is my idea about why they do it, why they make it so uniform, so that it wouldn't affect anything and so that it would be easy for the people who are judging to read and so that when it's time to choose that they have an easier time to do it because everything they've done has been uh, across the board fair and equitable. That's my hope anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure otherwise. But but the thing is, in, in that situation, the moment to be creative was the, the actual creative writing. It's a mystery story that I wrote because it's for a, a short story mystery anthology. So that was the creative part. So I look for the creative part of anything that I want to do. And the micro creativity in there, it was a macro creativity because the story was creative, even though the instructions for how to format the document were very specific and did not allow for any creativity. That was it. If you want it to be 
if you wanted to be part of the anthology, if you wanted to submit for it, you were going to have to make that part of the routine for yourself. So you're not necessarily going to be able to inject those creative sparks in every single thing you do. But if you are, for example, writing a report and you don't have constraints on the font or whatever, if it's not branded information, um, you might experiment with different writing styles or incorporate different visual elements or different font, anything to make the content more engaging and also something that will attract the viewer's eyes, but also will be more fun for you. Another thing that you can do is you can get more involved with creative aspects of your company or organization. So you might volunteer for projects that that sort of mesh with your interests, even if they're outside your regular work. You might want to see if there's something else that you can get involved in and express your creativity in these projects. And that might even open new doors and, and reshape where you go from there. It might even reshape your career if you speak up and say, hey, can I, can I get involved in this, right? So here, here's an example for me. I, in, very early in my career, way long ago, <laughs> I volunteered to be part of the planning committee for a new product design. We were doing these reports and they, I, I needed, I personally needed for them to look different, but I wanted to be part of the, of the committee that decided what the design was going to be like. And so I was balancing my regular job and also being, getting to be creative and being part of that committee, being, being someone who had a voice in that, ended up actually getting me a permanent role on the design team, right? So that was one of the things that I was able to do. And it, in many ways, changed the trajectory of my career, and that was speaking up. I've talked about this before, but I love this example. Back at my very, very first job at NASA, I was doing computer tech support. I was the Mac and PC support person running around and fixing people's computers. I know, right? Now I'm an end user and that's the way I like it. But back then, I really did a lot and knew a lot about the way uh, computers and software apps and stuff worked. And I was working with this one woman. Her name is Lisa Levine. She is uh, phenomenal. She was a soil scientist. Now she's doing something else. She retired from NASA. But anyway, I was working on one of her computers and I, I adored her. I just loved her. And I said to her, hey, Elisa. I adore you, and this is totally out of line, but I'm just going to say it. I, If you ever have a project that you think I would be well-suited for, I would love to work with you. And I just put it out there. I just went, there it is. And she went, well, actually, I just got funding to be the principal investigating scientist for this really cool environmental education program, and I'm going to need a website developed. Do you think you could do that? And I went, can I? <laughs> so, and I ended up actually leaving my other job completely and worked for her full time for years. And I developed the environmental education uh, training paradigm. I ended up developing the training slides that are used all over the world by over 100 countries. I'm, I, I'm not the only person. I was the person who did the soil slides. But the point is that uh, I ended up working for her and loved the work if if – if the funding hadn't dried up, I would still be there probably still doing that work because the work was amazing. I got to teach kids all over the world how to love the earth and how to treat the earth more kindly and gently while being good scientists. I mean, come on, right? It's the perfect job for me in many ways. Anyway, so the point is that 
if I hadn't spoken up and said, you know, hey, is this part? And, and it was it was an innovative spark that made me do that, that kind of made me go, you know what, let me just speak up and say something because, first of all, why not? What's the worst that can happen? She can say no. That's cool. But at least I will have put that particular little bug in her ear to go, hey, maybe uh, I can think of her for something else, right? That that whole, like, let me just say something. Let me Let me put myself out there. It takes some courage in your creative world, but I think it's worth it. And so I really want to encourage you to, to network, to talk to people, to see who's out there and what they're doing and get curious. And, and right now, for example, Peter the intern, I'm shouting out Peter the intern. Uh, Peter has been amazing to work with for these last, my goodness, eight months. And we're coming up to the end of his internship in the beginning of December is the end of his internship with me. And he asked me to get him some introductions to various places, one of which is NASA. And I went, yeah, sure. Let me let me do that for you and let me help you, uh, you know, meet some of the people that I think could be really good at helping you figure out where you want to go because he would love to work at NASA. Uh, he's a he's a NASA nerd. Yay. Anyway, so the point is that, you know, you, you can never know until you ask. And if you hadn't asked me, I wouldn't have thought to say, hey, yeah, let me let me get you some of the people I talk to regularly or some of the people I know who are good friends from back when I was at NASA and see if there's any way I can help you. And that, I love doing that uh, for my friends and for, <laughs> for my colleagues. When I can introduce you to someone, I will try to. If I can't, if I don't feel comfortable, then I'll say, uh, you know, no, I don't feel comfortable or no, thank you. I, I don't think I will. But the point is that that collaborative spirit is super important in how we make progress because no one here uh, does it alone, ultimately. And I love my favorite West African proverb is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I love that. It's so true. So working together is one of the most beautiful things that I think that we all can do. And that brings me to fostering a culture of collaboration at your workplace, right? Seek out chances, seek out opportunities to work with colleagues from lots of different departments, volunteer, do some stuff, you know, sort of cross-culturally, if you will, or cross-functionally, right? You can expose yourself to lots of different perspectives and lots of different ways of doing things, and that will spark your creativity and it will transcend how you do things and shape the way you do things moving forward. Okay, so I'm always learning, and I think I've talked to you about this. Uh, and if I haven't, let me just tell you, I've embarked upon learning the piano. Yes, I'm 57, and yes, I am learning the piano. I decided to bite the bullet and just start because uh, I've, I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to learn how to play and never really took it seriously. And now I'm learning with an app, and I love the app, and I'm having a great time. So... Keeping your mind engaged in that way, keeping your mind curious, keeping your mind creative, it, it 
If you acquire new skills or new knowledge related to your field or even not related to your field, it all informs how you do things. See if you can get permission to attend workshops or webinars. See if you can get permission to attend conferences. If you own your own business, go to workshops, take webinars, go to conferences as much as you can. And for me, as far as conferences and workshops, I always try to volunteer to be one of the people who is behind the scenes. Wow, do you learn a lot if you are behind the scenes in setting up a workshop or a conference. First of all, you meet a lot of people, but also you get to learn the ins and outs of how those things are done. And it will infuse your work. It will infuse your life. You will have new friends. It's amazing. So volunteering to be one of those people is amazing to do. And I would say that one of the things that you can also do is set aside dedicated time every month for your professional development, for exploring ideas that sort of mesh with your interests and that are going to contribute to your creative growth. Now, it does not have to be uh, a workshop that you attend every month. You might join a, a group, a Facebook group that does something that you're curious about. You might read a book. You might spend a day volunteering, whatever it is. I want you to remember that when you're infusing creativity into your work, Every job, regardless of its nature, can be a canvas for your specific creative expression. So if you embrace some of these tips and techniques that resonate with you, right? If, 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 you, if they're making you go, oh, no, <laughs> obviously don't do them. But I think that your creative energy, the amount, the well of your creative energy will just get bigger and bigger if you employ some of these techniques, So before I wrap up, I want to I want to leave you with a word, right? One of the things that I do in my work is I help people who want to bring more ingenuity, more innovation, more creativity, more juice and sizzle as I like to say into their lives, whether it's your personal life or your work life. If you want to do it and you're not sure exactly where to go or how to do it, uh, drop me a line. There's a link to booking a free discovery call with me. Do that and give me 15 minutes. Let's see if we can at least get you started. And if you want to work with me as your coach to get you to that place where your life is just full of that boundless creative joy, uh, I would love to do that. So uh, you can shoot me an email. You can book a discovery call. And all the details for all of that are in the show notes. You can visit the website and see some of the things that I can do. And all of that's in the show notes too. I I would love to help you get there because uh, that's to me how we're going to save the world is if we're all full of ingenuity, if we're all being creative. Uh, creativity brings kindness, by the way. When you're creative, you start thinking in a more compassionate way. It engages some of those parts of your brain too. And I love that about it. Anyway. I just wanted to sort of say that last little bit. If you've been listening and you're still listening, thank you so much. And I want you to remember that creativity is not, it's not a luxury. I think it's a vital part of a fulfilling life. I really do. So until next time, I invite you to keep creating, keep staying joyful, and be bold, be creative, and most of all, be kind. <music> Thank you.
Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're new, and it would mean the world to me if you told a friend about it. Today's episode was produced by Isolde Trachtenberg and is copyright 2023. As always, please remember this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Although, we can always hope. Until next time, keep living what you believe in. Thank you.